Angie's List is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is, and it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Welcome back to Breaking Through. We are having a mental health conversation with Colorado kids. We are having a tough but real conversation with young Coloradans about how mental health affects them and the people that they care about. I'm Kim Posey with Fox 31 and Channel 2, and we are joined by five young people and a professional counselor today. We're going to make a few quick introductions. Deja, tell us about yourself. Hi, I'm Deja. I'm 14 years old. I'm from Southwest Denver. Hi, I'm Zane. I'm 14 years old, and I'm from the spring. Hi, I'm Kia, and I'm 15 years old, and I'm from Durango. Hi, I'm Evan. I'm 19. I'm from Loveland. I'm Jessica. I'm 18. I'm from Aurora. And Camille, tell us about yourself. Camille Harding, and I'm the Division Director for Community Behavioral Health with the State of Colorado, and I've practiced as a licensed professional for a while. All right. Thanks to all of you for coming in today. So let's talk about um, if you or one of your peers notices that something is just not right with yourself, um, how do you handle that? And who do you talk to about that? Well, so there's this box at our school. It's in the student counseling. And so what you do is, let's say, imaginary friend, Jimmy. Let's say he's depressed or you feel like something's wrong with him. So what you do is write his, his name on a piece of paper put it in the box. A counselor then later on would go to the box, grab the paper, see the person's name, and go to the student and talk to them on how they feel. And that, I actually have done this before, and it has helped. So That's a really good idea, Zane. What about you guys? Do you notice anything, any physical manifestations if any of your friends are feeling overwhelmed? Uh, for sure. Usually, you know your your friends more than they do when you notice the little things they do or like they're like shifting more, they're talking less, they're not going to class or they feel like, oh yeah, I haven't ate today, I haven't, I'm, not, I'm not hungry anymore or I'm not sleeping enough, you know, and things like that is definitely gonna, you will notice within yourself or within your friends or your peers or whoever, you know, and I think noticing and mentioning it to, to them or to an adult or someone close to them is definitely going to bring the attention up and it's going to help figure out what's going on. Well, can you think back to a time when an adult or your parent made it easy for you to open up to them? Uh, what would that look like? Um, I've seen it in uh, my high school, my psych teacher. I love him to death. Um, when we first got into the class and he's like, yeah, we're gonna do like mindfulness and talk about this and that. Um, he mentioned right off the back, I have my own mental health issues and having him say that made the environment so much more inviting for us to talk about these issues. And not only am I talking it to the teacher and we're having this good conversation, but the whole class is talking about it. And now everybody's like, we all know it's safe, it's all confidential. And that's been so helpful for me and for all the other people in that class. What about the flip side of that? Is there something that your parents or adults do or say that can really just put you off or make you not want to talk? 
Is there anything that parents zero in on that you think that we shouldn't? Just them blaming all of our materialistic things. Oh, it's your phone. It's the video games. It's the bad music, the inappropriate music you listen to. It's none of that. Nine times out of ten, it's not. And it's just that's an outlet for us to kind of de-stress from all the symptoms and things that we're feeling that we get from school and from work and our personal lives. So for them to blame, oh, our phone, like, it's not that at all. It doesn't, they don't really like that. They can like read into it and like, why are you doing this? Are you depressed? It's like, no, it's, it's fun. I like that I listen to like sad music because I like the way it sounds. There's no like deeper meaning. What about video games, Ken? Um, I play video games, <laughs> so kind of targeted. Um, but I think that parents also don't realize a lot of connection happens online or through things like social media, video games, whatever. And they have this weird like idea that you can do what they did when they were kids, which since my parents didn't have access to the, like electronics back then, it was like going over to houses, throwing parties and stuff. But for my friend group, it's a lot more, we kind of, it might sound dumb, but we sit in the rooms and we play video games together and it's, it's interacting for us, but mom just doesn't really accept it. It's like being actual social interaction. It's like, it doesn't really count, but it does. Parents love to talk about social media without realizing why we're on there or what we're actually doing. I would say at least 80% of the time, what we're doing on there has something to do with either communication or our interests. And it's doing something to engage with our interests or doing something to engage with friends or significant others or people we can't see. Like, we lose in the mental health conversation, we focus so much on the negatives of social media that we lose the positives our generation has seen from social media too. Well, of course, your parents and the adults in your lives will always do what they think is best for you. But Camille, I'm sure that there are some approaches that are better than others. What are your thoughts about what adults can do to make ourselves more inviting to young people to talk to us? Yeah, so I think it's uh, Evan's right on in saying that uh, sitting with your kiddos when they're playing video games and uh, watching what they're doing, asking questions, being interested in their music. I'm curious why you like this music. I'm curious about what it is that you're doing on this game. Um, I think it builds trust, it opens that conversation, and it uh, approaches it from a non-judgmental sort of way instead of, hey, I don't like you on your phone, give me that, let's go put that away. Um, it's different than like being curious. Yeah. yeah and I feel like our parents, they know how we feel when they, like, let's say we play video games all the time, right? And they don't know how it feels, but when they start to do it, then they will know how it feels. Like my mom, I introduced her to PUBG Mobile so she can have a feeling of what it's like when I play video games and stuff, and she loves it, and she can understand why that I can be on there for a while and be hanging out with my friends and stuff like that. Is so, she good? She's really good. <laughs> Go mom. I okay. definitely think he has a good point. My family engaging with my interests, my family was always close, but when they started engaging with me about things I loved, it just improved our relationship that much more. Like, I'm very into the culture, like the queer culture, the culture behind drag, and my family started watching Drag Race with me. My dad took me to my first drag show, and he grew up in the generation where Men don't do things like that. And so to have him step outside the box for me and reach that comfort level for me only continues to build our like communication and conversation. When I came out, my parents and my little brother, we all went to se uh, LGBT sex ed as a family. Like It's all about 
engaging with your kid and meeting them where they're at. If you want to know how to have conversations, that's the best way. Yeah. And so do you think that all of these things on a daily basis would add to young people feeling comfortable enough to talk if they had an issue, Tasha? Yes, definitely. Like Evan said, being instead of belittling the experience or the emotions that your child has, be more understanding. And it's not to attack anyone, obviously, but just having that relationship by doing things that you know your child likes is just a big step towards getting to the place where you are comfortable talking about things you won't be comfortable other day, like other times. So being uncomfortable is part of the process. Like being out of the zone that you think as a parent or as a person you think is where you need to be and just stepping out of it and realizing that some things are just worth talking about and some things are just worth doing with your child. Like even though you don't think it's fun, like play Pum and G, like <laughs> do it. Try it out. Yeah. See what they see. And Camille, what would you want for parents to remember if they are trying to have a difficult conversation with their kids? Yeah, I think um, it's continuing to ask, check in, be curious, right? It's not a one-time conversation. It's multiple conversations where you keep engaging. Um, and if you ever feel like you're in a place where your kiddo's in distress and you haven't been able to reach them, it's okay to ask for help and talk to other parents, talk to professionals, and, and figure out a way that you can help support your kiddo if, if you are worried about um, concerning behaviors that, that you haven't been able to address. Well, thank you all so much for joining us and sharing your experiences. And you can join us for the next episode of our series, Breaking Through, a mental health conversation with Colorado kids. And a reminder that the information shared here is general guidance. It is not meant to replace information from your own mental health provider. And if you need to talk to someone right away, you can call the Colorado Crisis Services Hotline at 844-493-8255, or you can text TALK to 38255. This has been a production of Fox 31 and Channel 2 in cooperation with Coact Colorado, which sponsored this series. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.